humanity. <laughs> I'm reminded of some scripture verses, but I won't say them this morning. Uh, I, I'm just amazed at the contemplation of God in heaven in relationship to his sovereign plan. <clears throat> I got this Bible. It's called the Chronological Bible. How many of you ever heard of it? But it actually takes all the little parts of the scriptures and fits it into history, the history in scripture. And uh, the, the period between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's about 400 years, and they call it the Dark Ages, when spirituality was not really uh, functioning or popping as it should. But also the Greeks were in charge of the world for uh, several years, and then the Roman Empire. And... Uh, the Old Testament had come to an end uh, in the book of Malachi, and we can read the book of Malachi and see the condition of God's people didn't look too good. <clears throat> but here's a real point. It didn't stop God from coming down here and to actually achieve what his covenant said he was going to do. Darkness doesn't stop God. The condition of the world doesn't stop God. And, and I believe that as we see end times coming, actually we're in it now. We've always been in the end times because there's never a protos without an eschatos, if you know what that means. I'm not going to explain it, but God is not subject to the condition of the world or mankind He's not subject to that. He is subject to his covenant. He is subject to what he said he was going to do. He is committed to what he said. And so even though the dark ages were for 400 years, and I'm, I'm amazed what happened during that 400 years with the spirituality. The rabbinical system interpreted the Old Testament and they missed Jesus. I can't figure out how they thought that the glorified son would come and reign in Jerusalem and be killed. If they, if they read the book of Isaiah, particularly 53, it's just hard to grasp. Like how, how do you miss that? How is it that the king of glory of heaven and earth would come down in all of his glorified body and then be put to death? It doesn't make any sense. So God's not stopped by what doesn't make any sense to us. He's not stopped by our misinterpretation of what he actually said. This doesn't stop him. Which actually gives us a real confidence. And so God steps on the scene. Jesus comes down to earth and heaven steps on the earth. And the earth, let me distinguish this. The earth is different than the cosmos in scripture. The earth is the natural creation. We call it the world, but it's actually the earth. The earth is the Lord's, the Bible says. The cosmos is the outer dominion around the earth. And I want to explain this because the scripture I'm going to use distinguishes that in itself. Um, I believe that God is looking for a people 
who will actually walk in the anointing power of Almighty God to fulfill his covenant. And I believe that we should never, ever be to the point where I've got it all figured out. I got my theology and my philosophy and my convictions all figured out. You know why? Because I don't know about you, but after living so many years, there's a lot of things I changed about what I believe. Why am I saying all this? Because I believe God has placed us. When Jesus came to this earth, what did he bring with him? He brought God to earth. The Messiah. God with us. Who's God? He's, he's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So Jesus brings the representation of the Godhead onto this earth in the cosmos of darkness and people sitting in the cosmos of darkness on the earth. And God invades the cosmos. And how he invades the cosmos is he came to the earth to the people who sat in darkness. In other words, the cosmos of darkness. And he became this great light that shone on people's hearts as they sat in darkness. And they saw, the Bible says, they saw a great light. Darkness can never put out light. Light always puts out darkness. And so, to me, we live in a time of a prophetic kingdom in which the light shines brighter than ever before. Just think of this. Think of Noah. God comes down to Noah out of heaven and he makes an announcement. And he says, I want to destroy the earth and everybody, everything that lives in it. He didn't say, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Satan screwed everything up. I guess I'm, I've lost. No. He comes down. He steps into society, and he talks to society, and he talks to, to Noah, and he says, this is what I'm going to do. And guess what? You're going to walk with me in it. In a, in a world that was so filthy, the only thing God could do was destroy it. But it didn't stop God. Because God will rule darkness. God rules darkness. I, re I was telling Louise, I remember how many prayers went up to bring down the Iron Curtain. And one day, Reagan stands up and says, Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And they obey him. Why? Because of the prayers of the saints. God has not wound this earth up and then just let it go. The earth is the Lord's. The cosmos of darkness around it doesn't rule 
the Messiah. It doesn't rule God. We live in a prophetic kingdom, meaning we live in a kingdom that is the king ruling in a prophetic way, meaning he's bringing about everything that has to be brought about in its time to accomplish the covenant. You can set your life in an absolute motion of absolute confidence and walk with God in what he's doing. We don't have to guess. This is not a guessing game. This is a faith game. Amen? It's a faith thing. We live in a prophetic kingdom. We're not, oh, well, you know, everything happened and now. No, no. God hasn't stopped working. God hasn't somehow just revealed a few things to some few people and they wrote about it. Now we know all about it. Do you know why I know that? Because there's so many views, you don't know which one to believe. And those of us who are older can remember what we were taught. And now we don't believe that anymore. How come? Because God is a prophetic, he's a prophetic person. He has always got something happening. And usually, it's in our lives. Amen? Like, 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 just think of that. God looks down, and the cosmos is dark. The earth is now failing. And he says, you know what? I'm coming down. I'm coming down. And I'm going to put redemption into motion. I'm going to buy back what was lost. Can you, do you think you would pay for something you lost? He doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. Just about the time I've got things figured out, God just throws me a curveball. And you know what? I swing at it and miss. Just to share with you how this happens sometimes. I'm in Japan, and we're in this church with all these deaf people. We didn't know there were deaf people there. There's 20 of them. And during worship time, they're in this one corner. They're, they're worshiping with their hands and so on. And I thought, well, I guess it must be a new form of worship coming up. And all of a sudden, four of them began to speak. We actually interviewed them. They came up to the mic. They actually talked to us. They were deaf. They couldn't hear. And, you know, we, we heard of that to say, and then we went on with our agenda. And I got home, and God says to me, Nelson, you missed it. I said, what do you mean? He said, you didn't see what I was doing. You were too preoccupied with your own thoughts. I apologized. I could just imagine what would have happened if we would have said, oh, this is what God is doing. Just bring them all up here. And, you know, things like that happen. And all of a sudden you learn something. And I'm thinking, Wow. I never thought of that. 
been to Bible school for four years, got a Bachelor of Theology and didn't know that. So, so much for my degree. And I'm just amazed at God. So he steps down into your life. He has stepped into your life. He has come to you just like he came to Noah, just like he came to Elijah, just like he, just like he come down to you. What is he saying to you? What is he saying to me? What does he want to show us? Where does he want to take us? I don't have the answers for all those questions. But it's challenging to walk with God. Because about the time you got it all figured out, all of a sudden he says, you know, you missed it. Oh, and here I thought I was being led by the Spirit. It's kind of it's kind of funny actually in some ways. It, just about, just about the time we think we're really getting into it, he just says, "Well, you didn't see what I saw because you weren't looking for what I was doing." And it's amazing. Like God is gracious. Like I'm not I'm not saying that God is mean or that he he, he actually comes and say, "You know what? You're living in a prophetic kingdom. You're living under the rule and reign of the mighty." king of the whole earth and he has spoken what must come to pass that's prophetic not pathetic and and it's like lord i want to walk in your ways i want i want to follow you I, I want to be that person who is expecting something from you every day that's new now, like I said last Sunday, sometimes when God's going to bring something new, he has something to deal with in our hearts to prepare us for what's new. And it's like, okay. But I have found that when God is dealing with me, that he actually has something ahead of me that he actually wants me to enter into. And then there are times when he just does whatever he's going to do and brings me into it whether I'm ready for it or not, like Japan. No expectation of it at all. I had no expectation of it at all. It just happened. And sometimes just what happens with God is like, just what happens? Do I grasp it all? No. But nevertheless, he is ruling. He is the ruling king of the whole earth and the whole cosmos. Now, if, if you go with me to Second Corinthians, First Corinthians, I want to read a verse. I like the way God talks. Sometimes He introduces a subject with with enthusiasm, and He says this. Verse 12, chapter 2, sorry. Now we have received, what? Now we have received not the spirit of the cosmos, 
the world. But the spirit which is of God, and here's why, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The spirit has come down and invaded our life for what reason? So that we could come to know the things that are freely given to us of God. So God sends his spirit to make known to us what he wants to give us. What he wants to do through us. That's prophetic. The thing that I find interesting here is that he draws a contrast between the spirit of God and the spirit of the cosmos. We have not received the spirit of this cosmos, meaning the spirit of darkness. The spirit of rebellion. We have received the spirit of God, which is totally opposite to that. It's the spirit of light. It's the spirit of power. It's the spirit of dominion. It's the spirit of the gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, the power of the spirit. He says, this is what you have received. Wow. So he freely gives us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit could reveal to us what he freely has for us. It's kind of a freely game. And what boggles my mind is this. I don't know about you, but I like getting free things. Sometimes I give, the free things I receive, sometimes I give them away. But I like receiving free things. So what happened when Jesus came on this earth? He brought heaven to earth. And he began to walk among people to reveal the will of the Father for everyone that ever will live. He came down to pay the price for sin, die on the cross, to rise again. And he rose again so that the Holy Spirit could be released. So that the kingdom of God can be expressed through the power of God and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, who is God. And the word spirit, God is really wise in what he does. The word spirit in the natural means the blowing of a wind. The movement of the wind. And I got to thinking, Lord, you have called us into the greatest movement that man has ever been part of. It's called the movement of the Holy Spirit. This is the greatest move that covers the whole earth. It's happening everywhere. Regardless of whether there's communism, totalitarianism, uh, you know, whatever. Democracy. Not stopping God. God 
brought down the Iron Curtain. Because every one that is born will hear the gospel. No dictator in this world will ever stand against the purposes of God. We are in the biggest, most powerful movement that we will ever see in this cosmos world. We are part of that. We have been called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. We are not part of that cosmos anymore. We're part of the kingdom. We are in the kingdom. The kingdom's in us. The kingdom is in the Holy Spirit, Romans says. Wow. We are part of the greatest movement that this world has ever known. Isn't that like, wow. That's kind of like, thank you, Jesus. That you brought me into this movement of the Holy Spirit. And what it does for me is it really challenges what I believe because I have found out that what I believe has changed, which meant I believe something that I didn't know nothing about. So what I believe I know about, but what I don't know about, I don't even know what to believe. <laughs> we we are part. We are so what do I mean by a prophetic kingdom? We we are part of an authoritative community of believers in the king's dominion. We are part of authoritative community of believers in the king's dominion. In other words, we are part of the king's rulership and what he's doing. We're part of that. We're not just saved and somehow, you know, oh, well, whatever. No, we're part of the movement of God. We're part of the movement of the Holy Spirit. We have been birthed into the greatest movement. Uh, we, we, we are believers in the king's dominion, power, who carrying out the will of the Father. We are part of the Messiah and the Holy Spirit carrying out the will of the Father in our life and through our life in the earth, confronting the cosmos of darkness, living in a cosmos of darkness, but in the kingdom that rules over that. We live in this world, but we're not part of this world. We are part of a movement that is against darkness. We are part of a movement that is against sickness, depression, disappointment, We are in a movement that's against all that stuff because that's not God. Hallelujah. You know, one of the challenging things in these diseases, I remember when SARS came along, you know what, I didn't worry about SARS. I don't worry about this stuff. You know why? 
I, I know we take the precautions, and I'm not speaking against that. But Jesus walked up to a leper and touched him. Come on. We're not part of the cosmos of darkness. We rule over the cosmos of darkness. Glory to God. We are not to live in a subservient role of fear, intimidation, and unknownness. No, no, no. We have authority. We've been called into the kingdom of God where the king has dominion and power over the cosmos of darkness. We live there. Hallelujah. The father sacrificed his son to redeem all that was lost. The complete redemptive redemption is in full progress now. Let me read that again. The complete redemption is in full process now. Pre-cross was what was lost. Post-cross is the restoration that is in full motion right now. God is endeavoring to restore truth, to restore authority and power to his created people like he did give to Adam and Eve. He said, take dominion. <laughs> the people of God are not fly-by-night people. They're fly-by-spirit people. Amen. Fear has no place in our life. Failure, discouragement, depression has no place in our life, folks. We do not live in that realm. The fullness of heaven has always been the will of God on earth. Just think of Genesis 1 and 2. The fullness of heaven was always intended. The fullness of the kingdom of God was always intended to be on earth. We are part of that movement. We can see the attack on Christianity today, everywhere in the world. And it seems that the more the church gets persecuted, the greater it grows. We see in history that the Holy Spirit moved to make alive and empower people to walk in present truth. We don't walk just in what I knew 30 years ago. 
I'm walking in what God has revealed to me today. Present truth. Present truth. For instance, the Bible says lifting up holy hands. What kind of hands? God sees your hands as holy hands. He sees holy hands being lifted up. It's like, do we really believe God or do we believe religion? I believe that God is looking for a people just like he birthed the church, just in the same way. He's looking for a people that will walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that actually will allow the Holy Spirit to lead them, teach them, empower them, and show them things to come and and carry out the kingdom of God in our life and through our life. God is looking for a people who will rise up and say, here I am. I'm here, Lord. I don't understand everything. I don't know everything. I've studied and I've studied and I've studied and I found out I found out I still don't know everything. Because the Bible says God is past finding out. He's beyond our ability. And one of our teachers in Bible college said, you know, if you can figure everything out, you'd be God. And seeing as how you can't, you're not. It's kind of simple, right? But I think the challenge that we live in nowadays is ah, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But here's the contrast. Just think, when you sit down for lunch today, just contrast the Holy Ghost to what you're eating. It's not about meat and drink. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And if you took righteousness, peace, and joy out, it would say the kingdom of God is in the Holy Ghost. God rules through his spirit. He takes control of our mind and our hearts and our will and our lives. And he, and he takes control of us by his dynamic power. His divine ability is the one that takes our life over and causes us to have ability. You see, I don't have the gift of wisdom. I don't have the gift of healing. I have the Holy Spirit who is the gift of healing. He is the owner. I am the vessel by which it flows through. So some of this teaching of ownership diminishes the fact that I'm the power. No. He is the gift of the word of knowledge. He is the gift of word of wisdom. He is the gift. And when he takes our lives, then we can function in who he is. Amen? We can function in who he is, not who we are. And somebody said to me, well, if I could just find out who I am in Christ... I said, well, I'll tell you a better road. Just find out who Christ is in you. That's your identity. You don't have to figure out who you are. Just come to know him and you'll know who you are. And you'll know what you should be like and you should know what you can expect and what you can do. 
Amen? It's like, I think we focus too much on ourselves. See, the kingdom's not about me. The kingdom's about the king. Hallelujah. And he has come to rule and reign in our city, in our lives, in our homes, in our families, over sickness, over darkness, over every evil thing against the kingdom of God. We are not fly-by-night people. In other words, it's like the Bugs Bunny show. He says, hair today and gone tomorrow. <laughs> you get it? Hair, rabbit. <laughs> We're not like that. What does it mean that we have received the Spirit of God? What does that mean? The Holy Spirit is the supernatural movement of God. <laughs> we have received the supernatural movement of God in our life. We are part of the supernatural movement. The Holy Spirit is the supernatural movement of God. We are part of the greatest power movement in the world. It is the movement of the spiritual nature of Christ. This movement is, super, is superior to the highest of angels because it is God himself. God's power, the agency, is, the distinguishable, is distinguishable from all other authorities. The Holy Spirit in our lives, we walk in the distinguishedness of the Holy Spirit. When we function in the supernatural, we become known of people of the Spirit. That's what it means we received. We have received the Spirit. The, the, God's power and agency is distinguishable from all other authorities. So we are distinguished from all other authorities. What does that make us? It makes us authoritative over all other authorities. The reason why it's distinguishable is because it flows. The wind blows. And in the wind of the Holy Spirit is the fundamental nature of God himself. Wow. The Holy Spirit manifests the kingdom in the course of the affairs of his creation. Let me say that one again. The Holy Spirit manifests the kingdom in the course of the affairs of his creation. In other words, when we walk around in our jobs or in the city or in wherever, the Holy Spirit wants the kingdom to become real to somebody. And I think we need to become sensitive to that so that we can actually impact society with the kingdom. 
Paul said this. He says, you know, I didn't come to you in just words. I came to you with a demonstration of the power of God. I see my time is up. Let me finish this couple sayings. The Holy Spirit is the divine influence upon the human soul. This is important to realize because when God is working in somebody, whether they're saved or not, God is working in their soul area, their mind, their will, and their emotions. And that's where we actually can actually minister to people what's happening in their life at that moment because the Holy Spirit is active. He is active and productive in the, listen to this, in the theocratic body, the church, as he moves in all the superior spiritual gifts and blessings. The Holy Spirit is the articulator and manifests the power of the Godhead. We are recipients and vessels of that power of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit on the earth today to carry out the kingdom of God. He is the influence which fills and governs the soul of anyone. The Holy Spirit invaded at Pentecost and the wind blew and became a movement that the world could not stop. And the world hasn't been able to stop it because it is birthed out of eternity and what's out of eternity cannot fail, stop, or come to an end. We are part of an endless journey of victory, conquering, overcoming, and dealing and undoing the works of darkness. Hallelujah. We are called the king's kids. As many as received him, to them gave he authority to be the sons of God. The son doesn't mean necessarily just a child. It's a legal term. You have the right to be who I am. You have the right to represent who I, what I say. You have the right to represent me on the earth. It's a legal term. It's not a, gen it's not a gender term. It's a legal term. We have been given the authority to be his sons on the earth today and to walk and be led by the power of the Holy Spirit in relationship to the word and bring the kingdom to our city and to our society and people's hearts. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we just ask you that you would enable us, Lord, to walk in your truth Holy Spirit, just be the communicative and the manifest life in our hearts and through our lives. We thank you, Father, that you have birthed us into the greatest movement that ever was. We are privileged to walk with you and talk with you and obey you and see your kingdom come to our city, our nation, our community, and our neighbors in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you.